Hello there, citizens. I am the terror that flaps in the night. I am the floaty that will not flush no matter how many times you try in the toilet bowl of crime. I am Darkwing Duck. Telling you, please, talk hard and enjoy the mindgasm. <laughs> Whatever the heck that means. After all, you are watching Intellectual Podcast with your ears. Hey everybody, welcome to the 114th episode of the Intellectual Podcast. I'm Dave Dawson, your host for this San Diego-based entertainment podcast. Thank you again for joining us. If you're new, welcome, welcome. If you're returning, welcome back. And don't forget to uh, give us a rating and review on iTunes or Stitcher and help us uh, go up in the, uh, in the charts on those venues and remember you can subscribe to the show through either of those and simplify the process of getting intellectual entertainments intellectual podcasts straight to your ears and before we get into today's podcast let's go over a couple of important things on this rainy day in san diego uh, for all of you filmmakers here in San Diego, and really anybody who's a filmmaker listening to the show around the world, there is a big competition coming up November 13th through the 16th. It's the Four Points Film Project. It's run by San Diego's very own Robin and Dwayne, who uh, organized the San Diego 48-Hour Film Project. This is very similar to the 48-Hour Film Project, except you have basically an extra day and the kickoff and the drop-off are all done online. You can read all about the Four Points Film Project at fourpointsfilmproject.com. Uh, they are currently open for registration, Early Birds 125, and that ends on October 19th. Uh, regular registration will be 150, and that ends on November 3rd. And uh, you can register late, right up until November 13th. Uh, for 165 so get in early while it's $125, and Robin and Dwayne have told me that if we get enough teams from San Diego registered for Four Points, they will do a local film screening here in San Diego the way they do for the 48-hour film project, and you'll get to see your film on the big screen in San Diego. And unlike the 48, the Four Points film project has a huge cash prize for the winner. It's a $3,000 prize for the first place uh, film in the Four Points Film Project and $1,000 for the audience favorite. So register your team now at fourpointsfilmproject.com and we'll see you on the big screen. I'm currently contemplating putting intellectual entertainment into the mix. What do you think of that? And we also want to pay a huge, huge bit of congratulations to our friends at the Amalgamated Grommets for winning like everything important, almost, uh, at the L.A. 40-Hour Film Project. Uh, the Amalgamated Grommets has filmed The List, won Best Film, Best Director, Best Writer, Best Music, and Best Use of Genre. And I know, uh, I know Ron Christopher Jones was also up for Best Actor. I think he came in, uh, second place on that, I believe, um, just a big night for, for the Amalgamated Grommets the other night up in Los Angeles, and uh, we want to congratulate them on all of their success. Now, I have bumped this episode up a little bit because of the Grommets' big win. 
This is Frank Forth, one of the members of the Amalgamated Grommets and sound guy extraordinaire, here on the 114th episode of the Intellectual Podcast. Talk hard and enjoy the mindgasm. The Intellectual Podcast starts now. <laughs> what he'll do is he'll go to his minions. At, so JT will go to his minions. And he'll say, all right, I want a, a, and with a, <laughs> and they know exactly what he's talking about. And he makes all those faces when he says, oh, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> but I, I wouldn't, I, Bob and I worked with JT a number of times. Yeah. And uh, he was just, he's great to work with, great to work with. And then he's actually the one that got me involved with the amalgamated grommets. Oh, yeah. I went to a screening, and it was the screening for Fatal Air, mm -hmm. which I thought was a brilliant film. Beautifully photographed. It was well-written, funny, well-acted. It just, it was great. And I thought, I want to work with these guys. Mm -hmm. So I just kind of, you know, introduced myself, and they said, yeah, hi. <laughs> <laughs> We're very important. Thank you for saying hello. Uh, yeah. And so I... Um, you know, told JT that I'd like to work with him. And he called me on the next 48. And he said, uh, hey, are you available? I said, yeah, I'd love to do it. And then I get a job that's paying. So I had to drop oh. out. And that was the film uh, called uh, What's Your Fantasy? Mm -hmm. And they said it was the hardest audio they had ever done. Because they had costume changes. And they had to remike people. Right. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think Xavier was the, the audio guy there. And he did a great job considering what he had to go through. Right. Just, uh, but uh, the next year, um, it wasn't the 48. It was the producer's. Um, the producer's challenge or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, whatever the contest that was. And we did one called, um, oh, I wrote this down on my phone. So I, I'm getting old. I forget things. <laughs> <laughs> so, but uh, we were doing this film and, um, okay, where is it? Uh, no, that's about that. No, no you don't want to know that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no, this part's too, no, that, that one's embarrassing. Uh, let's see. I like how he pretended like he needed to go to his phone, but really it's a bit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're sitting here with the legendary Frank Forrest. And he's uh, he's he's playing a bit, <laughs> yeah. And it's a, you know, Bob Gardner started this legendary stuff. I'm only legendary in my own mind. <laughs> in my mind. <laughs> in Bob's mind. <laughs> well, I appreciate it, Bob, because I went to a shoot like two weeks later, introducing myself to people, and I said, "Hi, I'm Frank," and they said, "Oh, what's your last name?" I said, Fourth. Not the legendary Frank. <laughs> <laughs> and I went, you know me? Wow. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm still looking up the name of the uh, oh, Fatal Air. And then, what's your fantasy? Oh, Fall from Grace. That was the first movie I ever worked with the Grommets on. See, it's funny. Kristen and I were talking about the Grommets a while back. And I was like, no, they just kind of like poofed out of nowhere and there they were but as i've been talking to the team it, it, 
you weren't all there at the beginning. No. <laughs> and it's, no. It, it has been evolving over time, not mm-hmm. just growing in size, but, you know, getting very key members of the team in place over a matter of years. Yeah. I, and uh, when I came in, they had their core members. They had uh, Bill Bork, Mike Brugermeyer, Mike Tao. But Tao missed the first year. Uh, did he? Yeah. I didn't even know that yeah. until I heard your podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Mike Tao is just, he is the best editor to work with. Um, he tells me exactly what he needs, and I try to give him exactly what he needs. Yeah. Um, he's kind of told me he's not going to work on one of my films unless you're the sound guy. Well, you know, I Pretty only much. work with the best people, and I'm on board. So, <laughs> yeah, if you're doing a film, call me. I'll do it. Oh, there you go. That didn't All take right. long. Wow. You got it. I didn't even have to tell him that I was on I'm putting on board my whole too. team together on the podcast. You're on board, too? Mm-hmm. Oh, good. Okay. I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> this is shaping up to be something real good. <laughs> <laughs> Woo. Uh, yeah, I, you know, I really love doing these films. I, I started out, um, well, just give you a little background. Uh, started out in TV in Columbus, Ohio, at a place called Cube, Q-U-B-E. Mm-hmm. Bye, Bob. Bye, Bob. Bye, Bob. Bye. Nice seeing you. You sound great. The Thank- bodacious Bob Gardner's heading out the door. <laughs> yes. <laughs> See you guys. Thank you. Thanks, Bob. Bob, friggin' magic Gardner. <laughs> <laughs> a legend in his own mind. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and every woman he meets. Oh, oh yeah. No, women love Bob. Bob's intelligent. He's fun to be He's with. Adorable. He is. Yeah, adorable. See, he worked his magic on you. I know. <laughs> he worked his magic on me. And at she's the film very world. hard to work magic on. I will just say that. Really? I'll, <laughs> I'll try hard. <laughs> <laughs> so I started out at this place called Cube. Mm-hmm. It was a joint venture between Warner Communications and American Express. And it was the first interactive cable system in the country. They had write-ups in Newsweek, Time Magazine. I worked with people that are, like, really cool people. Um, I worked with uh, Bob Morton, who went on from Cube, and he started producing The David Letterman Show. Mm -hmm. Howie Blumenthal did uh, Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego for PBS. Nice. John Mishita Jr. was the fast talker in the uh, Federal Express commercials. Right. Um, I, my claim to fame is I asked Erin Moriarty of 48 Hours Out, and she said no. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know I, that that's much of a claim to fame. You're I just know. one of a long line of no's. <laughs> that's it. But I didn't know she was dating the boss at the time. So, uh, <laughs> and then uh, I worked in the art department. And the guy I shared the art department with was really talented. Uh, he worked on the first show that I worked on called Pinwheel. Oh, Pinwheel. And Pinwheel was the first show on the Nickelodeon Network. Yeah. And so. Frank, you're a part of my childhood. Am I really? Yeah. What do you remember? What is it? That pinwheel, you- pinwheel, spinning around. <laughs> Look at my pinwheel and see what I found. You know what I've got at home that I'll get you a copy of? Um, George James, the composer. Yeah. Gave us all an audio cassette with all of the songs that he had composed with just his voice. Wow. It was, it's great. It's wow, great. Cool. I'll, I'll see if I can get you a copy. Yeah, I love Spinwheel. You know who else I gave a copy to? Uh, Nick Cannon. Of, oh, yeah. Um, America's of Got Talent. America's Got Talent. Mm-hmm. 
that we were over at his house, uh, his mom's house. She she lives or down Mariah here. Mariah Carey's ex-husband. Yes, that's right. <laughs> now there's a claim to fame. Yeah, right. Yes, <laughs> yes. She said no just a lot later. <laughs> so she flip flopped. She mm-hmm. said yes, then she said no. That's true. Uh, so uh, Nick told me he loved uh, Pinwheel, so I got him a copy yeah. of the songs too. But uh, yeah, I worked on Pinwheel. And then when that show went to New York, I stayed in Columbus, Ohio, and I worked on live game shows. And I was stage manager. I worked commercial production. Uh, ended up running the art department. So I was art director for this Cube Network. And that was a lot of fun to work there. We were all the same age. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I was going to say Jim Jenkins, the guy that I shared the art department with. Mm-hmm. He created something called Doug. The, car, oh, yeah. the oh, cartoon. Yeah. So, you know, that was a part of my childhood because it wasn't on cable. I didn't have cable television growing uh, up. So I, I knew Doug. But, but, but Jim was great. We, we would go, we were both Monty Python fans. Oh, I love Monty Python. We would come in every morning and go, Good morning. <laughs> Busy day. Yes, yes. Just spent four hours burying the cat. Four hours to bury the cat. Yes. That's a long time to spend burying the cat. Yeah. It wouldn't keep still. Kept wriggling about. <laughs> uh, so every morning, Jim and I would do a routine for Body Python. We, we love that. So um, like after seven years of working at Cube with all these great people and everything, we went from um, this, this company where you would take your check to the bank and they go, wow, Cube, I can't wait to get that. And after seven years, it was, Cube, listen, I got a problem with my cable bill. <laughs> <laughs> and so after seven years, I, I left. I went to an NBC affiliate. I was seeing some girl at the time, and we broke up. And I thought, I'm never going to make it in Ohio. You know, I, I like Broadway musicals. I like shows. I like creative people. They have a lot of cows out here. <laughs> A lot of, you know, yeah. really intelligent. I used to show horses when I was younger in, yeah. in Ohio, in Cleveland. A lot of really intelligent Columbus, people. Ohio. I used to live outside Columbus. of Cincinnati. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And they're good people. They're intelligent yeah. people. They're wonderful people. But it's, it's not. only so far to go in Ohio. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it's not the center of entertainment. Mm-mm. So mm-hmm. I hopped in my little car and drove out to California. Mm-hmm. And the first week I was here, I loved it. Yeah, because I went um, an old intern of mine from Cube was working at the Grammy Awards. So I went to a rehearsal of the Grammy Awards with Prince and, you know, all these great acts. And then um, we went to a game show called Sale of the Century. Mm -hmm. And I used to call it the poor man's Jeopardy. Yeah, I tried out for that. I got on the show. I went three days. I got (laughs) enough money. Uh, to last me for almost a year. That's amazing. I got um, lamps, a stereo, and a year's supply of Sunny Delight. Whoa. You you set. I was. You were so set. A lamp, Sunny D, and a whole (laughs) year's salary done. I got all the vitamin C I need. Right? That that was it. That was it. So so I was bumming around L.A. for the longest time. Um, A buddy of mine, uh, Nick, who was the... um, intern that we had in Ohio. Nick said, uh, hey, let's go over to the Carson show. So we're standing outside, you know, waiting to get in. And this guy with a clipboard comes by. Nick goes, hey, what's the clipboard? 
And the gentleman says, uh, oh, we're looking for people who know weird songs. Oh, Frank knows a lot of weird songs. <laughs> you got yourself a good wingman there. Man. <laughs> he yeah. was. Got me on the Carson show. Wow. Yes. I, I sang on the Johnny Carson Tonight Show. And I'm standing there. You know, Johnny, he, um, you know, gets you out of the audience. You stand. And he says, what's the name of the song? And you, you say, uh, the museum song. And he goes, Doc, Ed, do you know that? And you turn around, there's Doc and Ed sitting on stools in front of the band. And it's like, wow, that is so cool. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, Johnny says, uh, you know, they, they do a little song. And he, Johnny goes to me and he says, do you know that? And I'm still looking at Doc and Ed. And I'm going, wow, that is so cool. <laughs> and, and Johnny goes, headlights. are you still there? Are you still there? Yeah. <laughs> so... Yeah, and uh, I, I won't sing, but the words are quite a lot of Roman terracotta living lava from the flanks of it. And the statuary, ride a dromedary, see the temple tumble in the Red, Red Sea part. McNamara's band, the fattest lady in the land, a pickled prehistoric hand, a strand of Pocahontas hair. Crowans who are going to be showing you some rowing through them. You got that deer in the headlight. I love looks. it. Oh. <laughs> no, I'm, I wish I could actually hear. I'm trying to hear the melody in my, in my head. Oh, That's what I was trying to figure out. I'll, oh, it's I'll so play, good. I'll play it for you sometime. Good. I can't sing. Can't That's sing okay. to save my You're life. You're going to sing it off here. It's fine. I love it. I was just seeing like how people would react like on the Carson show to you singing. Like, it's all pictures in my brain. And apparently I look like a deer in the headlights when I'm doing that. So. Good to know. But, but Johnny was really nice. He, oh, he said. So cool. Wow. That, that, that's really good. Yeah. You know, you kind of like off while the audience is laughing and all yeah. that. So that, that was like a super experience. And I thought. This is the first couple of weeks I'm on in LA. I like I this love place. California. Right? <laughs> Everyone gets a bad rap. Frank's like, this is amazing. Yeah, I loved it. <laughs> so we um, have an aunt that lived in uh, San Diego. And she said, well, come on down and visit. Well, I came down and I've been here ever since, basically. <laughs> Sounds familiar. You and me both, Frank. Uh, I love this place. I love I know, San Diego. It's Kristen just celebrated her one year anniversary of being here yesterday. Mm -hmm. Congratulations. Thank you. Now, you were up in LA the whole time? No, I was born and raised in Chicago. Oh, yeah. That's the chip on the shoulder yeah, that I see there. Yeah, can you see all the skin that's on my teeth? <laughs> it's definitely grown there. So, <laughs> yeah, I love San Diego. I've I've actually shed some of that skin since I've been in San Good. Diego. Good. Good. Yeah, it, oh, yeah. It, it takes a while. It takes it, a while. It chills you out. Yeah. I'm I'm happy that I you know I grew up there and you know I got my comedy from there and I appreciate the sun now because of there. So, <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of good things that came from that, but I think everyone, we all have this similar like story of like, you know, being in one place, especially the Midwest. You're like, really, this isn't it. And then all of a sudden you're like, but California, yeah. like there's something about the West coast. And then you come here and it's a whole different ball game. I've yeah. mostly lived in San Diego my whole life. Yeah. So you look, so you're spoiled. You're lucky. <laughs> you don't realize what you have here. Yeah. <laughs> no, I do. Yeah, I went to college. He in has Texas. friends that remind him. Oh, this good. Is what, this is what he does. <laughs> My dad's family comes from Indiana, so yeah. every time I go back to visit, I'm like, "Fuck this place." Yeah. <laughs> yes, Indiana is America's. They're all, we're always saying to the family, "It's like I hardly ever see them." I'm like, "Why don't you guys come visit out here?" They're like, "Oh, it's so far away and costs a lot of money to fly." And why don't you come here? I'm like, "I'm a starving artist," you know, like. Yeah. <laughs> And I live in a vacation destination. You guys come visit here. No, you come visit. So I go out there and I sit there for, takes about three hours. And I'm like, 
fucking bored. Why am I here? Fuck this place. Yeah, <laughs> there's nothing yeah. to do, no. literally. Yeah. So they're like, least, hey, we're gonna throw a bonfire in the backyard and stand outside. I'm like, there's mosquitoes. There's and yeah. it out. Oh, like, I don't want to yeah. be there. I forgot about mosquitoes. Oh, oh yeah. So mosquitoes, so- snow, sleet, Ugh, rain, sleet. yeah, black Ter- ice, terrible attitudes, you know, like mm-hmm. oh horrible food. Yeah. Well, Horrible food. All I, right. I don't know. Some of the biscuits and gravy weren't bad. I, I, There's I, biscuits and gravy out there? Yeah. They have it in, in, in Ohio? Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Ohio. Oh, maybe. Ohio. Ohio. No, maybe I had that when I was younger. Like, <laughs> really, really, really younger. But when you, I mean, Chicago is a metropolis, though. Oh, yeah. So you don't have biscuits and gravy there. If they're biscuits and gravy, it's like biscuits and like it's some fusion like <laughs> biscuits and curry you know it's like it's something like and it's really top shelf and it's like 75 dollars uh, a plate and you get can, like one little biscuit can we try biscuits and curry actually that's a really good idea <laughs> as soon as i said it i'm like this is not that bad actually <laughs> we're like obsessed with curry everywhere yeah. we go we're like curry let's, let's go have curry yeah well, if we could have this podcast sponsored by a thai place like curry a great idea i would Ooh. love to spot i would love to represent some you're all over it go 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 sell us i'll talk i'll talk you got it <laughs> I'll have my people talk to their people and somehow translate. (laughs) I'm like you. I I grew up in a small town on the East Coast. Uh, Actually. Oh, so you're not from Ohio. No, I'm not from Ohio. I was born in England. Oh, okay. Came over at the age of one. And I was raised in a small town on the East Coast. You might have heard of it. Manhattan. Oh, right. Yeah. It's a tiny yeah. little burg, right? Little burg. Little, tiny. They have subways and Broadway shows. Yeah. And Big trains and people that dance yeah. a lot. Yeah. yeah that's stuff what I heard. like that. So yeah. that was a cool place to, to grow up. So you understand. Yeah. You and I, yeah. we understand each other. Well, I, I know going from New York to Ohio, it's like, I'm a New Yorker. I'm going to take this place by storm. Yeah. And then I realized <laughs> I don't know anything about football and Ohio State football was yeah. like the thing. Oh, yeah. And I didn't know anything about the Midwest and I was just a fish out of water. Yeah. 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 Cultures, totally different. Totally, totally different, different culture. Totally different. Totally different. Yeah. Actually, you and I've had that discussion mm-hmm. about, you know, your Chicago upbringing versus being here and all of us here. Yeah. It's it's different. It's not bad. It's just different. We're chill. Yeah. Very chill. We're way more chill. Yeah. But see, if I was chill out there, everyone's like, why are you so chill? Come on. Come on. Get mad about something. What are you doing? You know? Get yeah. mad about something. Oh, my gosh. Just hang out, guys. You know? And they're like, you're weird. And then everyone kept asking, like, why aren't you out in California? I'm like, I don't know. For the longest time. So well, now, you are now. I know. Well, and now, and now well, Chicago's like, when are you coming back? Aww, <laughs> aww. I feel bad, but, you know. To hell with those people. Really. No, not all of them. Not all of them suck. Come on. <laughs> You're mine. You're staying here. Oh, fine. Yeah. All right. I'll stay here a little longer. All right. All right. So let's talk about Frank. Back to me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the man, the myth, the legend the in his own mind. Frank. Uh, so sound, I love. Yeah. Sound is taking me like really cool places. Like I've been to the Academy Awards. I've been to the, the uh, wait a minute. I got to pull my list out again. <laughs> I can never remember these Here things. Here comes the bit again. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you want to grab me another one? While you're uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Grab a beer. <laughs> yeah, Frank brought, brought beer. <laughs> hey, you know, that's from listening to Mike Tao's podcast this morning. <laughs> oh. He brought champagne and beer. His was a really good podcast. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> uh, oh, it's a Tecate. There we go. You got it. Lemon champagne. 
Yeah, I, I, I hauled ass through post and getting that up today so it would be online. Uh, that was a really, you know, I've got to compliment you guys. Uh, it really is a great podcast. Thank you. It's real. You know, you work with these people all the time, but you're working. So you really don't get to know them until they start talking and, and you hear their backgrounds and, and you guys are really good uh, interviewers. I've worked with, you know, people from 2020 and 48 hours and you guys are good good interviewers appreciate that yeah we uh thank you so much frank yeah we, we try very hard not to be interviewers i think that's kind of the key of it yeah yeah so you know i tell people i i really don't want us doing a lot of research Mm-mm. on our guests because i want us to interact and yeah. discover our guests the way you can only do when you're listening to your guests yeah and i found very early on in the show that if I did too much research on somebody, I walked in with a preconceived agenda of what I wanted to talk about. And it stilted all level of actual discovery that I had with a guest. Mm -hmm. And I was only presenting to the audience what I thought the audience would want to hear rather than what the audience should hear, which is the actual personality and the truth of a person. That's cool. So that's, that's how we approach the whole thing. Well, sometimes job. it goes off the rails and we just like, <laughs> it becomes a comedy podcast. Exactly. It's all bits. Yeah. Hey, but good job. Good job. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. You, you know, and bacon eggs walk into a bar and the bartender says, I'm sorry, we don't serve breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I used to share an office with a clown in Columbus, Ohio. His name was Flippo the Clown. He was a big star. What in is Columbus, it with clowns Ohio. in Ohio? I don't know. Well, wouldn't you be sad, too? <laughs> I was sad when I lived in Ohio. <laughs> oh well, it's just the weather. It's a little gray. It's, it's very gloomy. I'm not going to mention uh, what famous clown was in Chicago. So uh, it's, some, it's something. Bozo. Oh, Bozo. Yeah. Bozo. It was Bozo. Everybody uh, knows him. I know. But uh, Flippo and I shared an office at Cube, and he would come in every day with a joke. And then I would start collecting jokes to, to tell him. And he would tell them back to me, and they would be 10 times funnier. <laughs> It was really depressing. When we lived it was in o- really depressing. <laughs> <laughs> when we lived in Ohio, WKRP was like totally in a, a, yeah. The TV show is based on a real WKRP. real radio station. Really? Yeah. So the the show. real radio station was one my dad listened to every morning, and his favorite thing that they did is every morning they would come in with the punchline of the day, and they would just give a punchline. They wouldn't tell the joke. And they would move on. And every day that was water cooler fodder is everybody would get back to work from the drive in to work and be like, do you hear the punchline today? What do you think the joke is? And they'd spend all day trying to come up with the joke for these punchlines. Oh, that was hilarious. Fun to do. Carl Backus at my dad's funeral actually walked down the pews and handed out um, handouts to everybody that came to my dad's funeral. It was 101 punchlines. Wow. And he's like, read these, remember Mick. (laughs) And the whole whole atmosphere of my dad's funeral, like just became so lighthearted and fun and happy. (laughs) It it should be. You know, you're remembering a person's life and and you don't want to remember a sad time. Yeah. When I die, I want people to come. And not eulogize me. I just want them to tell bad jokes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, all right. So, I, I found my note. 
And it says, I've been to the Academy Awards, the Emmy Awards, the Billboard Awards, the mm -hmm. Independent Spirit Awards, and I do Comic-Con every year, which I love. Nice. You guys know about Comic-Con. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I've worked on Dancing with the Stars, Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives, 2020, Good Morning America, The Today Show. Um, one of the coolest things I've ever done, and I, I still think about this, is um, the guy that got me into sound, Dan Diaz. He uh, called me and he said, are you available next week? And I said, yeah. He said, you want to go down to Augusta, Georgia? So, sure. So we flew down to Augusta, Georgia and spent a week with James Brown and his band. <laughs> that was the most amazing thing. I'm standing on stage wow. with the band, James Brown, we're behind the singers. I'm holding the boom pole up. And I, I just kind of took a moment and went, this is like so cool. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to see a montage of Frank's whole life where he's just like, this is so cool. This is so cool. This is so cool. The like, shots of him behind other people. Does, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like shit eating grin on his face. Like. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, so I mentioned Dan Diaz, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Dan is the father of one of my son's best friends. Uh, there were like five of them all grew up together. Ross, Ryan, Jamie, uh, my son, Frankie, uh, Ian. I mean, they're, they're, they've been friends since preschool. Mm -hmm. And so I went to Ian's like 10th birthday party and there's his father standing there. And hey, my name's Frank. Uh, what do you do? And he says, uh, oh, hi, my name's Dan. I'm, I'm in television. Really? What do you do? And he says, oh, I'm a photographer for Entertainment Tonight. I said, really? Cool. And so um, I knew a buddy of mine, Tim Wilson, was selling his equipment. So I got Dan and Tim together. Uh, Dan bought the equipment. And um, he said, have you ever done sound? And I said, no. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I've done run like a board in the studio, but that's mm -hmm. about it. And he says, I'll teach you everything. So like the first shoot we ever did was for Entertainment Tonight and interviewed Jewel, the singer. Oh, wow. And, you know, I doing everything you know, that Dan told me to do. And I put the, the mic on her. She's wearing just a leather vest, nothing else. So I'm very nervously putting this mic on her. <laughs> and then uh, I didn't... I'd, I'd be nervous too. <laughs> I didn't know what to do with the transmitter. So uh, she said, I'll sit on it. So she sat on the uh, transmitter. And about two questions in, I hear, yes, well, we... And there's no sound. And I, Dan, Dan, what? I lost the, the audio. He said, did you check the battery? Went, <laughs> no. Was I supposed to? So that was my first introduction to sound. And <laughs> I check batteries all the time now. Yep. Yeah, I showed up for a shoot the other night uh, where I was using gear that was being brought in for me to use. And they handed me the wireless mic kit. And uh, I'm like, great, we got fresh batteries for this? They're like, no. <laughs> There's some batteries in there. I'm like, and they're nine volts, of course, you know, which are impossible to find. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, uh, <clears throat> yeah, okay, I guess we'll, 
we'll see how this works. You know, <laughs> Did we it got work? about halfway through the night and then we started getting cutouts. Oh. But I knew that that was probably going to come. So I was running a shotgun on a, on a boom backup. Nice. So nice. But see, that's how Save you learn it. though. Oh, hopefully you learn and not get fired, <laughs> but you know, you still, when you, when you do the, you know, you have these mistakes that are made, but you're learning, you know, that's how I, I build up my kit. Mm-hmm. Every time there's something I can't do or I need to do, yeah. The next day I'm calling Location Sound mm-hmm. or a True Audio and going, "This is my problem. What do you have to solve it?" Yeah. So I have all these little tips and tricks and mm-hmm. things in my kit. So yeah. same thing I, in my set bag. It's my bag of tricks. I'm a bag lady. I, I'm constantly walking around with bags, but I'm constantly prepared for everything. Yes. She's the best looking bag lady. I, I'm the best. I know she's very attractive, <laughs> isn't she? I'm homeless. <laughs> Um, wah, wah. Wah, wah. it's okay. Uh, don't, don't feel bad. I don't. <laughs> I, all right. I'm but it's di- true for any of us industry folks, you need to be there at the drop of a hat. If something happens, you're not a professional because you know what to do. You're a professional because you know what to do when shit goes wrong. Exactly. So exactly. That's why you're paying that's me for peace it. of mind. Exactly. Yes. That I'm just going to take care you're of it. You're just going to take care of it. Work. Whatever happens, you're taking care of it. And I always have a backup of my backup of my backup. So if something goes wrong, I've always got something to go to. Yeah, that's right. So. Thanks, Jewel. <laughs> <laughs> taught me a good lesson. Thank Her butt you. taught you a fantastic <laughs> lesson. I like that. Yeah. All right. Right. Put that in your notes. Okay. Got it. <laughs> Jewel's butt. All right. Okay. Here couple of more bragging points. Um, I was on the, uh, the board of governors for NATIS, National mm-hmm. Academy of Te- Television Arts and Sciences. Mm-hmm. Um, I was on with Bob and Terry Williams and Don Johnson and uh, some really, you know, talented people here in town. And um, I had just left KTTY, which is now KSWB. Right. I would, it was like a real low point of my life. I was kind of pushed out a little bit of of the station. Uh, The problem was this person tried to keep getting me out and I kept winning Emmy awards. So they, they couldn't quite fire me. (laughs) But we got to wait until after he uh, loses. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. After he stops being talented, we'll get rid of him. Until then, we'll put up with this shit. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I couldn't take it anymore. So I, I quit, and I'm unemployed, and uh, I'm doing odd jobs everywhere. But you know, the creative side is like starving. You know, and I was making um, phone message, uh, you know, answering machine messages. Like I play the Twilight Zone music in the background. <laughs> and I go. Imagine, if you will, leaving your voice suspended in a dimension. A dimension not only of sight and sound, but of mind. Please leave your message at the beep. <laughs> or I would do... So cool. <laughs> I, I used to do all sorts of crazy voicemail messages. Yeah. I, I did one with um, Mr. Rogers. I played the you know, theme for Mr. Rogers. Mm-hmm. I go, hi there. I got my tennis and I've got my sweater and I'm ready to get your message. So you just leave a little message for me. Thank you very much. Bye. <laughs> Bye there, neighbor. <laughs> oh, that's great. So um, there I was. I was out of out of a job, out of work, and the Emmy Awards needed somebody to produce. So I produced the Emmy Awards. And, here in and town. there's a lot of power in quitting. Yes. 
No, I don't think a lot of people appreciate that. There's, there's a lot of people just terrified. Oh, why? I'm not going to have a job. I don't, I don't know what I'm going to do. Fuck, you don't have a job. It forces your ass to like mm-hmm. innovate and find new ways to make money. Oh, yeah, yeah. it does. It makes you do things you wouldn't do otherwise. Mm-hmm. Quitting is really powerful yep. for change and, and moving yourself forward. Yeah. And you're really comfortable in that position you're in. You, you know what you're doing. You can do it basically blindfolded. You're just doing the yep. same thing day after day after day. And it for, like you say, it forces you to get out there and explore other talents and explore, you know, what you're made of, basically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so uh, thank you, whoever pushed me out, because it was the, the best thing that ever happened to me. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting. Uh, this podcast, I started it just before I left. Uh, a corporate job that I had. Mm-hmm. Um, I was VP of operations for an app development company and fitness company here in town. And I was making really good money. Wow. But I fucking hated my life. <laughs> you know, hated it. But I started the podcast just to try and find some creative outlet. And it only took a couple of months doing the podcast for my family to go, yeah, you're miserable. Quit the other job and get back to being happy. Mm-hmm. Pursue the things that you want to do. You For years, you were a freelancer. You can figure it out again. Yeah, it'll be lean sometimes, but it'll be good other times. You'll be all right. And God bless my family. They, they encouraged me to get back into what I'm really passionate about. You're always happier when you're, you're doing something that you're passionate about. Some, yeah. You're always happier when you're you're not craving something out of the world exactly yeah mm-hmm. yeah so i'm glad you found that yeah That's well wonderful. i'm i'm one of the fortunate ones with a family that like understands yeah and is hugely supportive oh my, my wife is like that she's she i don't have a wife so i have to have a sister that, that takes care of me. <laughs> i'm sure she nagged she married too. my best friend so she owes me a little bit your brother was your best friend? My brother-in-law is my best friend. Really? Yeah. Oh, how cool. That's nice. Yeah. It's good-ish. <laughs> it was that weird thing when they got together. It was like suddenly I couldn't bitch about my family stuff to my best friend because he would instantly defend <laughs> the ones I was complaining about. And I couldn't complain to my sister anymore, who was my best, my other best friend. Mm-hmm. Because he would be the one I'd be bitching about, and <laughs> she didn't want to hear it. <laughs> so it was a weird transition. <laughs> Families are great. Families are, you know, my wife is one of seven. Yeah. And so I'm an only child. I married into this crazy family. Now, my wife's mother was Mexican. So, and I'm born in England, so we call my son a limey beaner. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Yeah, so, but um, it's a great family. Yeah. I mean, there's always something going on. It, it's like we're, we, right now we have uh, relatives staying with us, and they're, they're just great. It, it's fun. My brother-in-law, he was an only child uh, up until he was like 35 or something, and then his dad had a couple more kids. Wow. But, he, you know, for all intents and purposes, he grew up an only child. He doesn't know what it's like to actually have a sibling. And he married into my family and three of us. And there's now four, four nephews. And my mother lives with us too. Cause you know, she's not doing well and we're taking care of her. And uh, my other sister only lives about a mile and a half down the road. <laughs> you know, And it's just like, we're all in each other's shit constantly. And there are days where he's just like, 
I, I'm going to be in the backyard. <laughs> like, I just need, need some time. <laughs> uh, but uh, you can't live without a family. I no, mean, family it's, it's is their, I mean, they're your support. They're yeah. your, your, you know, if everything in the world goes absolutely wrong, yeah. you still have your family. And I'm assuming she's not in the industry. Right. My wife, no, no. No. And she, that's hard to find where, you know, us industry, it's hard to date or marry outside of it yeah. because a lot of people don't understand our hours and, you know, the create, you know, the people that we're around and what we're doing. How flirty and we are with one another. It, it's just, it's a creative energy. It's not flirty. Hi, Frank. Hey, Hi, Frank. David. <laughs> <laughs> How are you doing? David flirts with all our guests, especially the male ones. So. Oh, no, okay. <laughs> Trust me. Should I be worried? A little, but in a good way. I don't so. bite hard. <laughs> no, he's lying. He does bite. Oh, my goodness. Um, but yeah, so it's nice that you found, you know, a support system and, you know, outside of the industry, because that's hard to find. It well, really is. It, it works out really good because my wife mm-hmm. is the head of her own company. She runs a nonprofit and I run a nonprofit too. Not by choice. Stan's working with people who need charity. Yeah, right. <laughs> it works out fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, you know, I, I'm in sound. You do sound. Do you have any questions? Do you have any? Well, what I I've been harping on sound in San Diego for about a year now on the show, mm-hmm. um, which I'm sure you appreciate. Always oh, pay your sound guys. Always. Huh? <laughs> I just wanted to put that out there. Always pay your sound guys. Yeah. Pay them. We need them. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's not, there's not as many sound guys as there are camera guys. So exactly. You, you can like, you can like just spit and hit a, hit a camera guy, you know, but it's harder to find Poor a decent gal. sound guy. I just worked with a gal who was, who was working boom. Yeah. Boom mic. Good for her. And you don't real- see a lot of women. They're, working boom mic. They're good. Yeah. Yeah. They are. And they, they have to, well, they have to prove themselves too. Yeah. The women crew really have to prove themselves. They do. Because the crew doesn't let them slide. They want them to be part of the team. I had a really great, I had a really great boom girl so, um, yeah. for a long time. Fit, man. Their arms are like rocks. Oh, they have my, to. Did you meet no. my sister's friend, Missy? Maybe. Yeah. Missy used to be our sound, sound girl. Yeah. So she's got family issues. Regardless, now. pay her sound guys mm-hmm. or gals. Hey, uh, Michael Moore, I don't know, you know, politics aside, you know, he's, he's a filmmaker. Yeah. yeah. And he put something on uh, Facebook that I, I copied down. I'll read to you. Mm-hmm. Sound is more important than picture. Pay your sound woman or sound man the same as you'd pay your DP, especially now with documentaries. Sound carries the story. It's true in a fiction film also. Uh, you've been in the cinema where it's been out of focus just a little bit, or maybe the frame is spilling over into the curtain. Nobody gets up and nobody mm-hmm. says anything. Mm-hmm. Nobody goes to the projectionist. But if the sound goes out, there's a riot in the cinema. Mm-hmm. If the picture sucks or if uh, you had to run because the police are after you or the camera is jiggling all over the place, and the audience isn't going to go, hey, why is the camera jiggling? They're going to say, Hey, stop the camera jiggling. No. They're going to say, uh, let's say you didn't shoot something entirely in focus. You had to shoot it really quickly. The audience doesn't care. If the story is strong and they can hear it, that's what you're paying attention to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, I try and tell people that sound is like light. Mm-hmm. When you walk into a room for your site survey to see what's going on, you're looking at windows, you're looking at walls, you're looking at 
you know, how is light bouncing? Where do I have to fill in? Um, same with sound. You're walking in, you're listening for air conditioning noise, which we have quite a bit of today. Air mm-hmm. conditioning noise. I was wondering when you would say that. <laughs> uh, air conditioning noise. I brought Trap. it in just for you. Thank you. <laughs> I, I appreciate that. Not on the final podcast, you won't hear it. Magic. Oh, I love magic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sound magic. So uh, you're looking at uh, hard walls, hard surfaces. Um, Ref- sa- reflective surfaces. Reflect. I tell people, think of sound as a flashlight. If you point a flashlight at every hard wall is a mirror. Mm-hmm. So where is that light bouncing? That's mm-hmm. basically what, what sound mm-hmm. does. And you're hearing not only what is coming from my voice to the microphone, but you're hearing what's being reflected off of the wall and coming back at a slightly. Yeah, know, I try to. I try to. I try to explain it as a as the surface of the water in a bathtub, mm-hmm. with a bunch of uh, say bathtub toys floating in there. And if you drop the ball in the middle and you watch the ripples go out, and you watch the ripples coming off of different surfaces, that's sound. Yeah, it's the exact same thing that happens with sound, and the visualization of that helps a lot of people. It really does. Because mm-hmm. um, it, it is, it's waves. It's, yeah. it's just light is waves, sound is waves, and they behave very, very much the same way. Mm-hmm. And, and I beg all of the, the producers and DPs and directors out there, give your sound men some time to, to get their job done. Because mm-hmm. you, you're in a space, people are lighting, people are talking, actors are rehearsing their lines, everything's going on. You know, the old joke, how long does it take for a, a DP to light a cigarette? At least three hours. <laughs> so, <laughs> so um, you know, they, they usually have the time to, to do what they need to do. Sound men usually get like... A couple minutes after the not, DP's done. Not even that. Maybe two or three seconds. Yeah. Because it's like everybody's talking, everybody's moving mm-hmm. around. Yep. And then all of a sudden... You're quiet. Then you hear everything in the room. Mm-hmm. And then you hear, oh, wait a minute. The mic is making just a little bit of noise mm-hmm. that I didn't hear before. Or I'm getting a strange reflection here. So um, one of the tricks I like to uh, have a, a director do is ask for 30 seconds of a room tone before you even start the scene or before anything. That way... Everybody's ex- exactly where they're going to be. So all the dynamics are right in the room. Everything is totally quiet and you can hear. There we go. Listening right <laughs> now. And uh, so, yeah, give your sound guys some help. Um, some of the tricks I use mm-hmm. for sound. Um, you always see pictures of uh, people doing sound and they're holding the boom. Yeah. yeah. Up over their head like a gorilla. Well, yeah. I mean, that, that's yeah. how you should hold it uh, yeah. is above your head or. or I'm, I'm giving the visualization for the audience who can't see you holding your hands Thank over you. your head. Thank you. But what, uh, what you want to do is get the uh, mic as close as possible. But your DPs are always going, boom's in the shot. Can you bring it up? Can you bring it up? Can you bring it up? It's great for their shot, but it's terrible for sound. Mm-hmm. So um, most major motion pictures, they have uh, most of their audio 
is taken either from lavaliers or from the boom on the close-ups. Right. So when you're in a tight close-up, you can get that boom in really close and get the really good sound. Otherwise, uh, so I'm, I'm sitting here in front of the mic right now. Now, the farther away I go, the, the, the worse it kind of sounds, and you're, you're, you really can't hear. You hear more of the room noise than you hear of me. Yeah. But then I come back over here, and I'm really present. Yeah. Um, well, four feet away from the mic isn't, isn't 40% less. It's 400 times less exactly um, on the mic. Yeah. You know, it's, a, it's a massive exponential drop-off on distance. So a lot it, of people don't understand that. What I do with the grommets is I usually have a boom operator, but I also use lavaliers, mm-hmm. and um, each channel is isolated. So each actor is being recorded separately. So you're not mixing. You are doing a mix for the camera, you're, and a lot of times the mix is good enough that you can use it. Right. But if you have like six or seven people, and they're all you know, being picked up on each other's mics and you're getting kind of a little weird uh, weirdness to the sound. It's much better to uh, isolate each one of those and have your editor be able to pick that out. But that's more important and more expensive equipment. Yeah, it is. It's yeah. not a Zoom recorder. Yeah, I, I, I've looked at getting uh, getting upgraded to all that. And, yeah. You know, I just, I can't afford to do it. Yeah, I mean, I, that's why, you know, paying a sound guy it's the last thing that people think of when they're putting together a crew, at least in in my estimation, a lot of times that's what happens, but it's one of the most important things you can pay for. Yeah. I actually spoke uh, with a class a couple of weeks back. Kristen was there Mm -hmm. and, and uh, they were working on their final project for the year. And I was like, who is your sound guy? You know, oh, well, we all took turns and, you know, mm. the audio is kind of a problem. Like, we've got issues. And I was like, oh, well, yeah, because you didn't have a sound guy. Like, you guys, at least one of you needed to be, like, the, the dedicated sound guy for the day, at the very least, so that all that's consistent. But let me guess, you guys were just handing off, you know, your, your boom pole and, and your Zoom recorder, like, you know, in between takes and stuff, right? And they're like, well, yeah. I'm like, well... That's a problem because you all aren't recording sound exactly the same. I imagine within one scene, you've got five or six different types of recorded audio because, you know, people's perception in the cans were different than the guy before them or the girl before her. It's And a lot of times do, they don't even wear cans. Yeah. I'm like, you at know. the very least, you need to have the same sound person through the scene. Yeah. yeah. You know, so that at least you know that you can balance out in post because it's all the same. Yeah. <laughs> Simplify the back end a little bit, but and, yeah. but you got to have a real sound person, somebody who's really dedicated to it, or or it's an or it's a nightmare. And or make, at least have a team who all knows how to do it the same. Yeah, yeah. Make sure you get your room tone. Mm. I mean, thirty seconds of room tone. The more room tone, the better, mm-hmm. because uh, there may be a jet, there may be a cars going by. You can, you know, put that as a bed under and, you know, make one edit flow to the other edit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but without that, you, you hear those, those changes. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's one mistake that I frequently make is I forget to get 30 seconds of room time. Oh, most people do. I mean, yeah. you, 
and I know better. Like I, I really do know better and I harp about audio <laughs> all the time, but I do forget to do that. Everyone, you know, fairly frequently. Hey guys, David here interjecting this interview for just a moment to, well, try and pay the bills here at the intellectual podcast. Uh, help us out and go sign up for a free trial at audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and a one month chance to scope out the entire library. Just go to audibletrial.com slash IXE. That's audibletrial.com slash IXE and get access to thousands of really wonderful audiobooks at audible.com. And your free trial helps us out and it helps you out. Because let's face it, books, books expand your mind. And what better way to become a better filmmaker than to expand your mind? So go to audibletrial.com slash IXE and sign up for your free trial today with Audible. And now, back to the podcast. You know, even uh, professional sound guys miss things. You know, uh, I was doing uh, mysteries at the museum. And we're rushing in, we're lighting, we're, we're getting everything together. I, I get everything ready and they say, okay, let's roll. That's when it's quiet, right? And then we're listening and all of a sudden the producer goes, do you hear that clock? <laughs> and there's this little tick, 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 tick. And it was right on the wall next to the talent. Wow. But, mm-hmm. you know, I missed it. He caught it. Yeah. So um, the one thing that I do do, which say do, I said do do. The one thing that I do do is uh, one thing I do is you can just pause. You're one thing just- that I do do <laughs> <laughs> um, is I have a tendency to hold at the end of of a take before saying cut. And that saves me oftentimes yeah. uh, because I don't get the room tone itself. Um, but I like, I like my actors to kind of flow until they kind of don't know what to do anymore. And then I just kind of sit for a while and wait. And then I say cut. And there's two reasons for that for me. It's like it drives me nuts when a director yells cut like right on the end of performance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because then I'm like having to grab rune tone to replace the cut. And hopefully they didn't say it like right on the reverb mm-hmm. bounce of that line. Yeah which is a pain in the ass, you know? Um, so I like to just sit and wait, you know, for a little bit after every take comes that, to its end. That's smart. It, it makes people a little uncomfortable the first time they work with me. They're like, is he going to say cut? <laughs> Everybody who works with Good me is like, thing. just wait. Now He's, I know. He says it. Yeah, she does, she <laughs> Good to know. know, yeah. Mike Brugemeyer, we were doing the list. Uh, which is the 48 hour that went up to LA Mm -hmm. and um, audience choice, audience choice. uh, And Christopher Jones nominated for best actor, right? Yes, that's correct. Found that out today. Uh, I don't know when this airs, but hopefully we'll know by then whether it it did Mm -hmm. well or not. I will be sure to say in the beginning of the episode, if, uh, if it happens for him. Nice. Yeah. (laughs) Nice. But uh, we were doing a scene on the beach and I've got, uh, Mike on uh, uh, on Ron, and so I'm hearing all these wonderful little things that he's doing with Kristen, and it's just it it, it as a sound guy, you know when something's good because it kind of grabs at your heart and you go, oh wow, mm-hmm. oh that's good, 
Mm-hmm. Well, Mike, I gave him a com tech with headphones, but he was busy doing other stuff. So Ron is there going, oh, so Kristen, I think we're having a good time today. And just as t- today uh, finished, um, Mike Brugemeyer would go, okay, everybody, hold on. We're going to roll. <laughs> and I, I've been rolling, you know, and getting this audio. <laughs> and yeah. um, so please, wear your headphones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you're on a set that can afford to have headphones for everybody. Uh, <laughs> one can when, only dream. Well, if you're, you're next one when I'm working with you. Hopefully I have some money for that film. I'm working on that. Cool. I don't, you know. <laughs> a lot of people are like, why haven't you just gone out and shot that thing? Because like, I want to pay people. I don't want to just run out and ask everybody to do stuff for free. Well, you, you know what you can do is, uh, what, what was that? Whiplash, that movie? They did like a little oh, sizzle yeah. reel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like one scene yeah. before they did it. Mm-hmm. And sent it around. And, and that's how they got their funding. funding. Yeah. Well, what, I've got, what I've got is some kick-ass storyboards. Um, from my storyboard artist. Mm-hmm. Wow. And I'm going to have Kristen here go ahead and record her lines. And I'm going to put, I'm going to put the whole movie down as a, as a storyboard animatic. Wow. Um, and I am finalizing hopefully the, the small distribution deal that the short's going to get. And between that and the animatic, I've got a guy who I think is going to give me not a lot of money, but enough money to be able to pay, pay people a little bit. To come work on the film. So. Keep my fingers crossed. That would be great. I should know in the next couple of weeks. All right. <laughs> Actually, I had I had all the money, um, but then my primary investor, she got stage four cancer, oh. and uh, she had to back out. So yeah, it, yeah, it sucks it, for me, but sucks worse for her. <laughs> well, it, isn't it uh, Betty Davis that said that getting old is not for sissies? <laughs> You're damn uh, right. Yeah. Oh. It's it sucks getting old. Yeah, yeah it does. But I can't comment on that. I mean, I am technically getting old, but once I say it, then everyone's like, "Shut no, up!" You're no, not, you're not. You're not able to say. So I'm I can't say old it yet. yet. So it sucks because I am. You're so not these even high school. Yet. No, I. The only kids who look up to me are like these high school kids, and the, mm. those kids suck. I mean, they're awesome. <laughs> hey, but some but, of them are cool. I met I a couple look up of to cool you, kids, even though you're younger. No, than I met me. a couple of cool kids. It's just then when they're all on their cell phones and. Oh no, it's a different it's a different age now. Hey, you know? but the, the tech kids and the crew kids and the theater kids are still cool. We um, have got some great folks on the grommets. You know, like you've got um Micah. Micah Minor. Micah's I, so wonderful. He, I love working with Micah's him. gonna work on my film. Yeah, Micah's gonna be there too. Me. I'm telling you, we have a stellar group. He uh, Micah is either gonna be the next Spielberg, the next Wes Craven or the next Mike Brueggemeyer. I don't know which, but <laughs> get it, this man a red hat. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> he's, he's going to be good. In fact, I uh, go to my notes again, and um, I did want to talk about the grommets. Mm-hmm. Of course, of course. I love. We've had a lot of grommets on the show. I know, no. and I've listened to almost all of them. I think. <laughs> I have listened. So has all of San Diego, apparently, according to the numbers. That's great. The Gromit's numbers tend to be very strong. Yeah. I wonder why that is. (laughs) Everybody wants to know our secrets. I know. They all want to know why, how, (laughs) what do they do? Maybe I can glean some piece of information that will help me beat them someday. Hmm. Just hire us. That's all. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I'm working on. Oh, I forgot to mention. uh, Did I mention about the Silver Circle? 
Uh, it's like my so, car alarm is going off. Uh-oh. <laughs> I'm not even joking. I think my car alarm. Go check it out. All right, I'm going to go check really quick. Okay. I'll be right back. Knowing her car, it'll be dead from no battery <laughs> if she doesn't go do it. <laughs> hey, did I mention about the silver circle? Silver circle. Uh, they have the silver circle and the golden circle by Natus, the mm-hmm. National Academy of Television, Arts, and Science. It's, it's like a, uh, a local thing and a national thing. Right. So once you're inducted, and I was inducted. Really? Uh, yeah. It, it says for contribution to San Diego television for 25 years or, or something like that. Congratulations. So, yeah, I think that was like 2005. So uh, that was fun. Um, okay. I wanted to say nice things about the grommets because <laughs> I love the grommets. Um, I'm, and they're really like too numerous <laughs> To mention it's a big group. Everybody. Oh, it's a big group. It's a big group. But it's kind of like Mission Impossible. You know how they take that leather uh, booklet out and they have all the pictures. Well, that's what uh, Mike Brueggemeyer does. He, I need this person. I need this person. I need this person. <laughs> it works beautifully. I finally worked with Mike for the first time this year. He's good. Uh, he came out on my set in the spring, helped out for a few hours one day. And, uh, and then we've been working with Carl Backus on on lefty this summer. Uh-huh. So that was a lot of fun like, with Micah also. Was it? Yeah. Micah came out. Actually, Micah, Micah wasn't originally part of the deal. It was like, we needed extras one day. And I just threw out on Facebook. I'm like, Hey, we need extras. You know, anybody's available. We're going to be at this address on, you know, at this time. And Micah showed up. Mark Anthony Cox showed up. Merrick showed up. Wow. Um, you know, all these really great people show. It was like, you know, cream of the crop type people showing up to just, you know, be extras in this little film we're doing for Carl's daughters. You know, it was wonderful. It was a wonderful thing. Oh yeah. But Micah showed up and of course he's like, well, you know, I, uh, I filled my car with my, my gaff equipment just in case. You know? <laughs> <laughs> do you, do you need, do you need anything like C-stand <laughs> four by four? It's all in the car. <laughs> Uh, it's like sure, Micah. You know, bring it all out, uh, and then he was with us the whole rest of the run. <laughs> you know, he he and Peter Mickelson are you know I, I think they're really good friends. They've been together a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, they could be a production company by themselves, and both, they will be. Both of them are so talented. I have no no question in my mind oh, that they yeah. will be. Yeah, it was totally going off. Why? What happened? I have no idea. But it wasn't making a sound. The lights were just going. Some Uber driver so bumped someone, into Yeah, you. I'm, I'm thinking that's what happened because I remember locking both the trunk. I looked at the trunk. Trunk's locked. All the doors are locked. I'm mm. like, I lock, I lock my car. I'm like OCD about locking Remy. Remy is my car. Oh. And so somebody pulled out and I saw the lights going off. I'm like, I know those lights. Oh. So well, it, They, they might have gone off from one of the jets taking off too. This might have. Yeah, that might have happened happens. too. I forgot about it's that. It's noisy out there. Yeah. 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 Um, you came back just in time for me to say nice things about the grommets. Yes. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Wonderful. Jim, Jim, uh, Typer. JT. Sup- JT. I love JT. Mm. He, he's like the super talented lighting guru here in Have town. Have I met JT yet? Uh, he's been on the show, but I think it was prior to you yeah. joining up. He was the I first. I haven't met all the grommets yet. Was he on? He was the first grommet to be on the show. Yeah, I think so. If okay. I recall. Was he on the boat? Do we? No, he was not on the boat. Okay. JT was the one that uh, got me involved with uh, Rory Kennedy for the last days in Vietnam. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, I, you know, I, I can say I worked on an Oscar nominee. Yeah, that's why film. we talked to JT. Yeah, he was that's on awesome. That, that, that was really cool. And in case you're listening, JT, I love you, man. 
<laughs> Every time I see him. Uh, Bill Bork. Direct- I love Bill. Bill, director of I photography. Saw Bill I love him so much. He's such a sweetheart, an amazing vegan. I love him to death. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and Bill it, and I eat be- it, we eat vegan food together. Re- every time I do a shoot with Bill, it's like we have to stop at a good restaurant yep. for him. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and it makes me eat healthier. That's why we yeah. eat a lot of curry. Bill would totally be on the show if we had curry. I'm just saying. I love curry. <laughs> well, Bill, Bill's on the curry list. And Bill's on curry the list and biscuits. Curry and biscuits. I'm telling you, man. It's going to be a thing. Curry and biscuits. It sounds awesome. <laughs> sounds so good. I'm so hungry right now. <laughs> You know, but if you take Bill's impeccable so, eye yeah. and, and JT's lighting, I mean, they create images that, that you know, rival anything in Hollywood. Yeah. They, they are, are great together. Um, Marianne Bates. Marianne yeah. and Mike, they sit down at these writers' meetings and they come up with these scripts that I go, that doesn't make sense. I don't know what they're going for here. And and they're inventive and they're thought provoking and they're just great. And I wish I had that 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 special talent to, to you know like Mike Brugemeyer does and go, okay, this is gonna make a good film. Mm-hmm. Me, I'm more like, hey, let's do a bang bang shoot 'em up. <laughs> I gave I gave Brugemeyer the script for the, the the movie I'm talking about, getting you on. And it's a horror film. Oh, good. And he wrote me back. He's like, you're sick. <laughs> He's like, seriously, there's something wrong with you. He's like, you know, I don't like horror films, right? I'll do it. <laughs> He's like, but I don't like horror films. He's like, truly, you're ill. <laughs> that was the email back to me. All right. You can have to send me the script because I, you know, I love horror films. I love horror films, too. uh, One of my favorites was from the 50s uh, called The Haunting of Hill House. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and it was just so creepy because things like the doors would Mm -hmm. breathe. Yeah. Oh, I love that that film. Yeah. Wonderful practical effects. Mm -hmm. Mike Tao, you guys just had him on there. We just had Mike on. He's so much fun. I learned so much. I learned so much from you guys coming on. And Mike was just another one of the many talents coming on, just educating us about everything. Yeah. So. You know, I, in my notes, I wrote this man can make chicken salad out of chicken shit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he is mm, so yum. good. I mean, a, a wow. good editor yeah. is a good storyteller. Mm-hmm. And Mike is like the master storyteller. He is, you know, plus he compliments sound all the time. So I, I love that. Yeah. Um, Mike Brugemeyer, mm-hmm. our fearless director in his red hat. And, uh, you know, I, like I said, I always question what directions these films are taking. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, but I've learned to trust him because I know they're going to turn out fantastic. They have already. Yeah. You know, I've done like five, six films with these guys and mm-hmm. just amazing. And, uh, oh, he always listens to my suggestions. I have a hundred suggestions a day. Two of them are good, but um, <laughs> you know. But he'll always listen. He may not use them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, it's a it's a delicate thing yeah. as a director to be open to everybody's ideas and not make anybody feel like they're being ignored, mm-hmm. um, and knowing which ones to really ingest and which ones to go hmm, doesn't fit what we're doing 
but but appreciate that everybody's got their input you know well but it can be overwhelming oh i can imagine you know everybody's got an idea everybody's got an opinion but you know yeah. that they're involved and mm-hmm. that they're they're part of the the filmmaking process and yeah. yeah but having that trust is something that's special when you have that in a group and obviously you guys have found it so yeah. you know when you have these suggestions mike can you know he can listen to them but understand that those two are the ones he really wants to bring yeah. in yeah and i have that discussion with with my crew before every shoot i'm like feel free to come up to me with uh, with ideas um try and be as succinct with them as you can because you know i can't spend hours listening to people's ideas on set uh know that i'm listening but don't be offended if it's not something that i choose to go with but know that i am i am paying attention and i will integrate things that i think will work in the grand scheme of what we're trying to achieve and that's my job as directors to keep a eye on the, the whole exactly and everybody comes to you with their ideas for the the piece that they're responsible for yeah we're looking at the trees you're looking at the forest exactly yeah mm-hmm. yeah it's a, it's a tough balance and people do get offended when they when oh fuck that guy he didn't listen to me when i gave him this note it's like yeah can't take every note you know? <laughs> yeah no it's not not a personal thing yeah it's like when I give a suggestion, it's to help the film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the director is the final word. And that yeah. trust goes both ways. So you have exactly. to trust, you know, Mike. Yeah. And knowing in the end, this is the best for all of us. Yeah. So, yeah. Screw yeah. those guys who said that about you. That's yeah. not fair. Yeah. It was funny. I'm also a bit curtain abrasive. So. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I'm being nice and they don't see it. They're just, they're, he's big and mean. Yeah. And then you get mad because they don't realize you're being nice. Yeah. And, <laughs> and then you rip their heads off. I've not done that to anybody yet. <laughs> Metaphorically. I actually had a woman. I, I make my make my money to survive uh, running a parking lot for the SoCal sports complex in Oceanside. Mm-hmm. And I had this woman come and just lay into me for a good four or five minutes swearing up and down and screaming at me in this parking lot the other day <laughs> to the point where I, all I could say to her the whole time she was screaming at me is ma'am, I haven't raised my voice at you, ma'am. I don't appreciate that language. Ma'am. Can you please calm down? Here's your ticket. Uh, you know, good day. <laughs> and when she left, I was shaking. Wow. I was shaking. I was sick to my stomach and all the three, four people who were working the other cash registers at the entrance to this complex with me mm-hmm. were just like, what the hell? How did you hold yourself together and not beat that woman's ass? You know, like, I, I don't know. I just sat there and took it, you know? No, mm-hmm. I mean, well, it's part of your job, but, you know, it's your personality, too. I'm, I'm sure if it got to the point where you needed to let her know what was on your mind, you would have. Mm. Mm-hmm. But it probably just didn't get to that one point. Yeah, but she she made I I literally had to step away from my station for like a half hour wow. to calm down. My yeah. nerves were so shot. But that that's, that's those negative sound waves yeah. you're giving to someone. Like yeah. that's what it, that's what it'll do to some. But it's know, interesting because you know I am I am a heavier guy. Yeah. I, I sport the big mohawk and. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm missing a tooth, and everybody kind of everybody kind of looks at me sometimes and goes, "Well, he's a badass. You can take whatever. You know, I'm gonna give it to him." But I'm a big teddy bear. Like I mm-hmm. hate being yelled at. I hate yeah. people being mad at me. I hate being well, especially from women. It's different. There's oh. like this bone that they just like yeah. get 
like yeah. just chill, you know, and you're, oh, it's, it's a different, totally different emotional response. Yeah. So no, I like having a safe set. Yeah. That's what I, that's what I say. Yeah. I want to, I want, this is a safe place. Everybody's ideas are welcome, mm. you know, and we're all working towards the same goal. Yeah. So let's, let's all get along. Let's harmonize. But, let's, yeah. let's but there are times. It's gotta be what you guys have done with the grommets. Oh, because you wouldn't be able to be around each other for so long doing so many films and coming up with, you know, films that are, you don't go into it wanting awards. You go into it, you know, getting awards after something that you've created that's wonderful. Well, that, that, that's you know? what the grommets do. They, mm-hmm. they, they want to make the best film that they possibly can. And Mike and Marianne come up with these wonderful ideas. And, I mean, everybody there. We, um, I love the Mickelsons. Yeah. You've got so Stephen sweet. and Elsa and, and Peter. And um, Stephen, he's like the calm in the storm. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he's, he's a talented colorist. He's a wonderfully organized producer. But he's just this really cool person <laughs> that's just great to have on set. Elsa, his wife, she is like super creative. I, I've seen her take pieces of wood and create these wonderful sets. Just amazing uh, things. And, and she's always finding the right costumes and always find uh, all of our posters are done by Elsa. And they're amazing amazing posters and uh, you know peter mm-hmm. peter i love super talented I sit here and listen i listen to all these names and i compare it to my little team mm-hmm. that i've built mm-hmm. which is mostly five of us <laughs> yeah for the most part and i'm like yeah. posters i do my posters oh yeah okay editing i do my editing yeah. <laughs> like i need more people <laughs> but in a 40 48 hour that's that's no, all i lot. do it all that's in a lot of pressure to put on yourself yeah i, mm-hmm. I do it all in the 48 Wow. Um, I'm an insomniac, so it's, you know, 48 hours is normal for me. I only get about five hours of sleep anyway. Wow. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm working, plugging away. Um, while we're shooting, um, I'm ingesting into the, into the computer. And while my DP is setting up the next shot, I'm, I'm starting an assembly edit as, as we go. Smart. You know, because I don't have somebody to send that footage off to and then come to them a couple hours later and see a cut. Like I'm, I'm cutting and directing all at once. Wow. It's, it's quite an endeavor when you watch my little team making a 48. Well, that's multitasking, but, but I, I have this theory that nobody multitasks. What they do is they concentrate on one thing and then they stop that and they concentrate on something else mm-hmm. and then they concentrate. So you, you, you're giving the same amount of time to it. You're just breaking it up into little pieces. Yeah. yeah. But you know what I like about Peter? Peter Mickelson. Mm-hmm. Talented, but he's got this dry sense of humor. <laughs> I mean, he is so, just, it just appeals to the British side of you. Oh, you know? yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Perfectly. I'm Monty Python. I love it. <laughs> um, let me see. And I, I can't, I lost my notes again, but I wanted to say um, the show notes for this are going to be. Listen to the podcast and hear what Frank Forth really thinks of the amalgamated. <laughs> right? <comments>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, talk about uh, characters. Mm-hmm. I mean, Mike has assembled this wonderful 
cast of characters. I know one of them he stole from you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Here we go. That story's legendary in town. As Everybody legendary as Frank <laughs> oh. Yeah. So I, I, the first time I met Kristen was on... Um, um, oh, the other Kristen? The other Kristen. No, this I'm one's, just joking, this Kristen is my Chandler. Kristen. I love yeah. you. We worked with Mike on Lefty. Kristen's in in Lefty. Uh Uh-huh. And she comes down to the set and introduces herself to Mike. And then she wanders off. And I said to Mike, I'm like, this one's mine. You can't have this one. (laughs) 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 Only one Kristen per person. Right. Exactly. So he comes back the next day, right? And first thing he says to me, he walks on set, he goes, so Kristen tried to friend me on Facebook last night. I'm just letting you know I, to- I said no because I respect you. <laughs> no. uh, First time I met Kristen, I, I walked over to her and I looked right at her chest. And I said, hi, uh, I'm Frank. I'm here to mic you. <laughs> I, I think from that point on, she thought I was just like a dirty old man. Yeah. So, but uh I, it's one of the, one of the things in my job. I have to yeah. go over to people and see where I'm no, going to put the, the mic. No, the best thing to do for me, at least as an actor, yeah. get comfortable real quick. I mean, yeah. I'm comfortable with people really quickly, but especially if anyone's micing me, I'm like, go for it. Yeah. I don't know. No one could see me do that thrust with my with my bosom <laughs> just then, but I saw I, it. I know you didn't. You didn't say anything. You didn't explain to the audience because you're in shock. There's too much stuff going um, on in my head. I know. Stop it. But it is. But seer- it's true. Seer- seared in my but memory. It, and it, you know what? I do it, and I. But I tell you know. I kind of like make jokes and stuff, so they know that it's not so like, super serious. Because sometimes these these actresses are divas, and they're like, uh, "I'll just do it myself." No, you don't know how to mic someone. No. So let them do their job. They're not trying to be gropy and weird. No. If they are being gropy and weird, talk to somebody. But most of the time, they just want to get you mic'd so we can get you, you know, out there and the job can get done. One of the best places to mic a woman is on that bra strap mm-hmm. that goes right, right in between. Right in between. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, it and the material of the clothing doesn't mm-hmm. rub there. It, it moves with the person mm-hmm. and, and the breasts act like a kind of a sound, a sound cha- yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I call it the Valley of Sound. And that oh, sounds brilliant. wonderful. You should write a book. <laughs> the Valley of Sound. You should write a book. And I'll just make like two big, two big mountains with like nipples on top. Uh, <laughs> Bob always tells me uh, um, breasts without nipples are pointless. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, but uh, th- that's the best place. <laughs> the sound is alive. <laughs> I like and that. then all I see is Robin like just turning in circles. Jeez. Uh, oh, my gosh. But um, that is the best place to mic a woman. And also a man, too, because that little indent in the chest. Yeah. It just helps keep the clothing off of the, yeah. off of the mic. Yeah. So, um, and being a sound man, that's... Your reputation is most important. So I am mm-hmm. highly professional when it comes to that. Yeah. You know, I, I, I kind of try and feel the person out. The the more a person has acted, the more they've been mic'd. They're just used to it. They're used to it. And it's like I've had people, you know, just pull their blouses down and go, yeah, just go for it. And other, you know, if you're doing an industrial mm-hmm. I'd let them mic themselves or I'll get one of the female members of the crew mm-hmm. to help out yeah. so that, you know, they're comfortable. But it's always the talent, the, the comfort of the talent that's most important. But uh, back to the grommets. Uh, 
I, you know, we, we've got Kristen, we've got um, Merrick. I love Merrick. Merrick MacArthur. All four of them. All four, all four of Merricks. All we're, we're 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 completely convinced he cloned himself. He does. Yeah. He does. I don't know how he does it. Uh, you ever see that movie with? They do it. Uh, yeah, about the magician who cloned himself. That's what Merrick has. He's got these tubes filled with water with old Merricks in there. That he's, right. I like to think of the film Multiplicity, the and I'm position. waiting to meet the, the copy of the copy of the copy of the copy. who comes up and goes, hi, I'm Merrick MacArthur. <laughs> <laughs> I'm waiting for that guy to show up. Right. And be like, I know it's it. I knew it. <laughs> so Merrick MacArthur, Kristen Chandler, Annie Willett Thomas, Lorian Hill Purcell, Ron Christopher Jones. Ron was wonderful in the list. I, that's a great thing about being a sound guy is I get to hear the actor and when they hit it. Mm-hmm. You know, every take is not perfect, but once in a while, the emotion's there. And, and if I feel it, I know, I know that's a good take. Right. Yeah. Um, John Maxwell, Laura Bolin, Greg mm-hmm. Lefevre, uh, uh, Teresa Lane. I mean, these are people that are just wonderful. At their jobs, and, and you know, I'm sorry if I left anybody out, but you it's know, a huge list, and, yeah. and, 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 and and we've been talking for a while. So, oh, uh, do I have a couple of other things to say? <laughs> yes, yes. Can I? Yeah. Go okay. Uh, so I, I I haven't worked only with the Gromits on films. Mm-hmm. I've worked with uh, Dwayne Trammell and Robin Sarvis. Love uh, them. Joe uh, Castano on we Love Street. Yeah, they're all great people. Yeah, wonderful. I they do. I did my first job. forty-eight this year with uh, Robin and Dwayne, and I had a, I had a blast. Oh. I, I volunteered with them, and I did my you know we did our our forty-eight hour. Mm-hmm. And I didn't I didn't know them, and I got to interview them at the kickoff, and I pronounced their names really wrong because <laughs> Jody just threw me in. We were filming for film in Diego, right? And I'd never actually said their names out loud, and I was just in I just need to look pretty mode. I wasn't in like hosting mode. And so I, for some reason, my brain could not get their names right. And Robin's like, we need to stop. Do you know how to pronounce our names? And I love her to death. She's so like honest and to the point. Oh, I was yeah. like, Jody's like, she just, she, I asked her to do this like five minutes ago. I'm sorry. And it was just so great. Like that's how we kicked it off. And they, then they, but I, then I learned about the whole 48 project and it was great. And then Joe is like, he's oh, wonderful. We oh, had him on the podcast too. I don't know if you heard his. Yeah. I listened to that. He's so quiet. He's no. just so, he's so gentle. Interesting. And, yeah. He has so many stories and he's so funny. He is. Yeah. yeah he's I love a good it. guy. We're actually going to be singing we're, here. Yeah. We're going to be, you pack it. Um, I also did the, <laughs> the appointment with uh, Pia Thrasher and Mike Burnell. Yeah. And um, Mike and I worked together on a film like 2008 as oh, wow. some guy's thesis for his uh, his um, master's degree in mm-hmm. film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We did this film. I edited it. I also did sound. Mm-hmm. And Mike was the star. You know, one of the stars <laughs> in the whole thing. It was called Streamline. Um, Go Out in Violet Waters. I've worked with that Wendy Marshall on that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesse Aragon was the DP. And Brandon Worley swung the boom for me. Yeah. And, uh, of course... Nicholson's were involved, involved again. I, <laughs> yeah, I love those folks. And then Crowd Sorcery uh, with so Micah. So good. Yeah. Ah, it was my, so good. My favorite line in, in that was, uh, and I think John Allen g- gave The Black it. Magic line? Yes. Yes. Yeah. You know, I understand Jordan to black magic. No. <laughs> <laughs> I am black 
and I do magic. <laughs> <laughs> that was so good. Uh, that is, is such a wonderful, wonderful thing. Oh, and I just had a, a meeting with Jody, and uh, she asked me if I would work on uh, film Indigo. Film in Diego. In Diego. Thank you. Yeah. And yeah, we yeah, love Jody Silly. I heard. Yeah, it's actually the thing I was uh, filling yeah. in audio on the other day. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, on Thursday. Yeah. Yeah. I was. Uh, where was I? I was out of town, or I was. Working on a project. Yeah, you were off yeah. somewhere. And yeah. She was have like seen, desperately trying to find an audio. Have you guy. seen the the Sizzler for Film in Diego? Yes. yes. It's really well it's done. It's beautiful. It's really it well done. It is really done. well done. It's going to be so good. Yeah. And I know Jody. it's like her, it's, it's her baby. It really is. It's going to be great for all of us. She, too. She, she's a great person for getting everybody together mm-hmm. in the community, a film community. We, we were all little pockets before. Yeah. And between your podcast and, and Jody's San Diego Film Awards and all that. It's like this community is just coming together. Yeah. And it's wonderful. I it's went to wonderful. the, uh, we went to the San Diego filmmakers meeting last night for uh-huh. the yeah. home office stuff. Oh, what happened? What happened? Uh, lots of really great stuff. They, uh, they're, they're obviously listening. Yeah. Lots of um, progress. There's lots of progress. Uh, approval of, you know, decent amount of funds to start the 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 office mm-hmm. they've decided it's going to be a film office not film commission so they want to separate that so they want to separate it out from government so mm-hmm. that they 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 are in the process of hiring a person who's working in special events specifically as a primary function to streamline the permitting process mm-hmm. and that person will then become the liaison to the film office which will be a third party mm-hmm organization outside of the government so we can buildings. get the permits quicker nice um, that will that will manage mm-hmm. and run filming in san diego yeah. for us and so we definitely have a um a date they said early next year january opening film office they're already building the, the film goal. office yeah. wonderful so we got a they were both uh Kristen and um dave roberts dave roberts um who's Tuna, gonna be on our podcast tilquest is there a name Kristen tilquest yeah yeah um, both of them, fantastic. I, that was the first meeting I had been to, and it was really wonderful to speak with them. But you have a lot of political answers, and you know some some answers I can't quite answer sure. at this time. But well, it was and, nice to and get the big, some. The biggest thing some they were definite, saying last night, some definite is, answers, is they're putting out an an RFI, mm-hmm. RFP. Um, no, they're RFP. putting out an RFI first. Oh, and then an RFP to follow. So. Yeah. RFI is a request for information mm-hmm. that's open for all of us yes. to put our two cents in on what we'd like to see the film office do. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's going to be coming online in the next three to four weeks. Yeah. Also, there was a great idea. And they'll be taking, they'll, they'll be taking everybody's ideas for like a month and then a committee will go through that and yeah. use that information that we provide them mm-hmm to craft what they think is a feasible film office that'll satisfy as much of what we would like to see that office do as possible. Mm-hmm. And then that will inform the RFP. Yeah. And there was a great idea by Kevin Burke and Bill Bork to actually combine all of our RFIs and kind of compile it into one very clear and concise um, kind of basically piece of information for the film office or the actually for the council right now, because it's not going to go to the film office. So it would be structured and organized so they didn't have to pluck through all these different people's questions and, you know, considerations. That's a great idea. I thought it was fantastic. I think both of them had a, a really, really good vision for it. I think we should all, you know, 
we should start talking about that and get together and get it as organized and, you know, structured as possible. So there's no question that we know exactly what we're talking about, exactly what we're doing and exactly how to get it done this time. Right. Right. So. I, I don't know if this would be a good idea or a bad idea, but I would love to see people rate it, you know, mm. cruise. Interesting. Because, you know, th- there are people have, have mm. equipment, don't know how to use it. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, they, they've just gotten it, that type of thing. Other people have a lot of experience, mm-hmm. but they're not uh, good at promoting themselves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's a way of rating uh, photographers, you know, anybody below yeah. the line. Yeah. Photographers, grips, um, mm-hmm. sound people. Yeah. And, and saying, okay, this person has this much experience and this kind of equipment. Yeah. So, and maybe that's a gauge for, yeah. you know, the, the amount that they're paid, yeah. possibly. Well, they and kept, they they kept talking, talking about, about an online, online directory. Database. Yep, mm-hmm. that's exactly what they're saying. And, of course, my mind immediately goes, screw that, it should be an app. <laughs> um, and it should be. It should yeah. be. Um, but with an app, the way I would envision it is I'm looking for a sound, sound guy, um, minimum this much experience, this many years of experience, has own gear, doesn't have own gear, mm-hmm. you know, where you can really target your search exactly yeah. for the type of person you're looking for. I think that's a great idea, both of you, yeah. yeah. Because there'll, there'll be times when you just need somebody, mm-hmm. not that much experience, you exactly. just need somebody to just mm-hmm. turn a couple of knobs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And other times you're doing a large production, exactly. you can't have, and you need. There's a difference between I need a crew lead and I need, you know, a warm body. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and the ability to filter your search results yeah. for that would be brilliant. Yeah. yeah. Because yeah. I, you know, I I used to be in the the resource guide um, from the film commission. Sure, I was too. And and you read through it, and it's like I have no idea who in here is like truly legitimate, and mm-hmm. who in here is just you know fly by the seat of their pants. Mm-hmm. There was no way to gauge that. Yeah. And it was nice to have a giant book with a bunch of our names in it, but in the end, I didn't I didn't personally find it a very helpful resource. It's like, do I go with the guy who? ponied up money for the ad Mm because maybe they ponied up money for an ad because they're actually making money and that's Mm -hmm. why they or maybe they took all their money and threw it in the ad and they really don't have anything like Mm -hmm. i don't know how to read that no (laughs) exactly it's usually personal personal recommendations Mm -hmm. that um you know i'll take with somebody Mm -hmm. yeah and that's the best way but if we're going to be bringing in outside productions to, to bring their product here it's going to be hard for them to, yeah. to, to cast that way, you know, sure. cast and crew. Sure. Um, yeah. We've got to provide a, a mechanism for them that's going to allow them to be able to find us and, exactly. yeah. and find the right ones, find the right ones. for the production. Yeah. That we don't going. want to no. just, and we don't want to have one group take all the jobs and another group because they're really cheap. And, mm-hmm. You know, we don't want that. I think. Yeah. yeah well, it's like it's the best idea. Frank. Frank will work mm-hmm. for free for somebody here. Yeah, local yeah. San Diego. If it's a good project and it, he believes it, in a it, a good project, mm-hmm. and somebody like bringing some, exactly. yeah, somebody bringing some shit in we from out do. of town, and none of us know who they are. They shouldn't be hitting Frank up for a low budget. Exactly. No. Nope. <laughs> you know, no. like Not at all. we need to be able to filter that out so they know this is the level I'm looking for. Yep. That's what I can get. Yeah, and I have you my know. own filter too. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Gee, I'm sorry, I'm booked that week. <laughs> <laughs> I'm booked that week. I'm getting yeah. my I'm getting my mics cleaned. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm going to be doing sound till I'm like 92. 
That's yeah. great. Yeah. We're all going to work till we die. I love it. Yeah, I, just, I hope so. I just love it. As long as my body holds out and I don't get shot by somebody's jealous lover, I'm, I'm, I'm good. Aww. That's like the second time we've heard that today. Yeah, I know, but Bob was hoping that would happen. Right, right. That's how Bob wants that's to go Bob out. That's how Bob wants to go out. I know. I, so. I, that's probably where I got that line from. Probably. <laughs> yeah. So, you know. My wife will kill me for that one anyway. So. Aw, shucks. I can tell that bad joke at your funeral. <laughs> uh, all right, let's see. Do I have a bad Oh, off air, I'll tell you my favorite dirty joke. Oh, okay. okay. Someone to look forward to it. So, hey. Uh, for the people I've already told it to, it's the one with the 92-year-old Jewish gentleman. Oh, gosh. Let's end this podcast right now. <laughs> well, we, knock, we, knock. we kind of need to because we're coming up on that time. But yeah. um, just you are obviously one of the most experienced sound guys in town. And you are one of the most respected because when I, when I br- bring your name up with people, they all recognize it and they all go, oh, yeah, he's... He's the guy that, like, you want. You that's want very yourself. nice. Thank you. For anybody out there who's kind of becoming a sound guy now, what what is your suggestion to them? Tips to them how to how to advance their career and and become the guy that people want to have on their set? Like, what is what is the secret um, to being a good sound guy? The secret is learning your craft. You know. Uh, if you can work with people that are much better than you at sound, learn their tricks, learn, you know, there's a person here in town, Don Hale. Mm-hmm. I, I tell everybody one of these days, I want to grow up to be Don Hale. He's <laughs> worked with every president. He's worked on movies. He's worked on these wonderful shows and mm-hmm. series. And I, I always aspire to be better so that I can be like him. Mm-hmm. Find somebody to mentor with. Find somebody to um, just learn from. Um, tr- go out and buy the absolute best equipment that you can. If you can't afford to buy a complete kit, don't go out and buy the cheap stuff to try and make do because you're always going to, you know, suffer. Right. You know, don't don't buy the Sennheiser wireless. Go out and buy the Electrosonic. Sennheiser is like $500. Electrosonics is like $1500. But it's got a much better front end rejection. It's it's going to give you a better range. It's it's going to give you you know the the quality that you need. But you also have to see, you know, do you want to actually make sound a profession or do you just want to dabble in it and, you know, work on a 48 or something, mm-hmm. you know, um, I'm always looking for the absolute best equipment. I can't, I just bought a little microphone about four inches long called Noctava and it's made in Russia. And I had heard about it and I picked it up um, fairly cheaply and it's a great mic. It's a, I'm taking it on my trip to the East Coast. It's, it's small, it's compact, and it's going to give me exactly what I need. Mm-hmm. Um, boom mics. I've, I've got like five or six different boom mics that I use in di- different situations. I use my Sheps. I have two of the blue Sheps that I use just for interviews. They're matched. They sound great. Mm-hmm. I've got a Sennheiser that has great rejection from the back and from the sides. Mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll use that for sit down interviews. Right. 
um, you know, uh, just one person. Um, I, I have a 416, which is like a tank. Sennheiser 416, they're great mics. But, you know, you know, they say you can hammer a nail with it kind of thing. <laughs> they're so well built. Um, I use sound devices mixers. I use Letrosonics wireless. Um, just get the absolute best equipment you can and learn to trust your headphones. Get headphones that you are comfortable with. I usually use the uh, Sony Professionals. I've mm-hmm. got the, the nomenclature on it, the numbers, 76 or some of these, whatever. But um, they're great headphones. And I use them all the time because I know what that sounds like. Yeah, you know what they, you know listening to that, what you're actually getting. Because exactly. You're that familiar with that headphone. That's don't, the way I am with these. Yeah. It's like, I don't know what you guys are hearing in your headphones, but as long as I know what I'm hearing in here, I'm good. Yeah, perfect. And, and don't use, you know, Bose headphones with the noise canceling. <laughs> I, I tried that once and somebody said, do you hear that helicopter? I go. What helicopter? (laughs) There's a helicopter. (laughs) So, yeah, and uh, learn from the best, get the best equipment, and try and work on on the best shows. I I told my son, my son works for Apple, and he was uh, in high school. And I said, Frankie, you're going to have to get a part-time job. He said, well, what should I do? And I said, well, what do you love? And he says, computers. And I said, what's the best company in the world? I said, Apple. Apply at Apple. Oh, no, I don't have any experience. I don't, you know, everybody has those self-doubts and yeah. everything. Right. Well, he tried four times to get in, got rejected uh, three times, and fourth time they hired him. And he's still with them. And yeah. he loves it. Yeah. He loves it. So find out what your passion is. Find out what you love to mm-hmm. do. I loved editing. I won Emmys for editing. I loved, um, you know, writing and, and mm-hmm. producing, but I love sound more because it, it, those are real solitary pursuits. You're yeah. in little rooms, you know, especially editors. Yeah. You know, you're there for like 14 hours a day in a dark little room and, and you're not interacting with anyone. Mm-hmm. Computer trolls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but here, you know, I'll get a call tomorrow that will say, hey, you want to go up to Malibu and go to Cheech Marin's house? Or you want to go here or, or you want to go there? And I, and I meet people and I, and I go to great places. You know, like we, we did the uh, Michael and Kelly show the day after the Academy Awards. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm miking them. It's like, this is like a really cool job right this is <laughs> there, so there's cool that look again. <laughs> there's that look again this is so cool so all right well uh frank thank you so much for sitting and chatting with us thanks for letting me talk about myself i i'm, yeah. I'm usually the guy you know sound men should be seen and not heard i'm, <laughs> I'm usually the guy with the headphones that nobody notices so yeah. thank well, you well now you're the guy with the headphones and two other people with headphones staring at you so <laughs> how's it feel sir it <laughs> feels good good thank you. thank you so much for being here and sharing no, your you. wisdom and your stories so much fun yeah it's really great yeah and uh, I'll, I'll be sure to send you my script Oh, please do. Yeah, so yeah. Hey, but remember, I, I will give you a hundred suggestions. That's okay. One of them might be good. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm open to suggestions. <laughs> cool. Yeah, because if we're not learning, uh, what the hell are we doing? Oh, exactly. We're, we're always learning. 
Yeah. Always. Always. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. One of these days, I'll, I'll know what I want to do when I grow up, and I'll, I'll learn what it, right? how to get it right. You know? <laughs> Somebody asked me what I wanted to be when I grew up. I said everything. <laughs> Guess what? That's what I do. <laughs> that's, that's a great answer. Yep. That's a wonderful answer. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Frank. Thank thanks. you. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash IXE. Over 150,000 tiles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Audible.com is your source for digital audiobooks. My personal favorite is Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, read by Stephen Fry. It's amazing. So get your free 30-day trial and free audiobook download and show your support for the intellectual podcast by going to www.audibletrial.com slash IXE.